0: Welcome to the Podcasting with Friend's Movie Edition. I'm Nick Moffitt. I'm here with Derek Deal, Hey. And Brandon Bowlby. Hey, guys. So this is our Summer Movie Wager Results episode. Back in May, we recorded a Summer Movie Wager episode. You can listen to it in our archives. In that episode, we made predictions of what the highest grossing movies of the summer would be. It should be stated, we followed the rules from our favorite movie podcast, The Slash Filmcast. So you can check them out at slashfilmcast.com. They have a whole website set up so you could make your own predictions and follow along and play the game. Uh, that website's at thesummermoviewager.com. So um, basically, we each went our separate ways and made our own top ten of what we thought the highest-grossing movies of the summer would be. And every week, we would look at the results and follow the charts and graphs that were on the Summer Movie Wager website and uh, just kind of play along. We didn't really know how the summer was going until it was over. So. Um, basically, uh, in this episode, we're going to go over the results of the summer box office state who won the game, how they won the game, what each other's biggest mistakes were, and kind of just break down the box office a little bit before we wrap up. So, um, are you guys ready to do this? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, cool. So I guess first things first, we'll go over the 2017 summer box office. Uh, number 10 was girls trip. It made $114.4 million dollars. Number 9 was Transformers The Last Night, with $130 million. Number 8 was War for the Planet of the Apes. It made $145 million. Number 7 was Cars 3 at 152. million. Number 6 was Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales at $172 million. Number 5 was Dunkirk at $185 million. Number 4 was Despicable Me 3 at $261 million. Number three was Spider Man: Homecoming, with three hundred thirty million dollars. Number two had Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two at three hundred eighty nine million, and number one, the highest grossing movie of the summer, was four hundred eleven point five million dollars.
1: So. I don't think you said the word Wonder Woman. It was Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah, I said Wonder Woman won the. You just said number one
2: was four hundred eleven million dollars.
0: Yeah, I, are you serious?
1: Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I'm pretty
0: sure I said that Wonder Woman was number one with 411.5 million dollars. Did I really not say Wonder Woman? Only the
1: audio file will tell.
0: Okay, well, well, we'll listen back when the tape gets released, <laughs> and uh, we'll see who said what. <laughs> anyway, uh, Derek, do you want to read the results of how of who got how many points? Yeah, I'd be honored. Nick, I'm sorry to tell you, but you
2: lost. You got last place with 47 points. oh So bad. Um, I think me and Brandon had a pretty tightly fought campaign.
1: Yeah, almost the entire time it was going back and forth pretty evenly. Yeah.
2: Like, I thought I had a pretty... Like, I thought I was pretty like far enough ahead that I was just like... It was a cakewalk the rest of the year. I, like... You know, I got Wonder Woman up high on my list, and I thought, like, that was just going to carry me through the finish line. But... <laughs> Right in the end, Brandon snuck up and took the cake. So I, I came in second with 51 points, and Brandon came in first with 52 points.
0: Yeah. Wow, well, good job, Brandon. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically the, the terms of the wager were that whoever won was going to be able to pick a movie, any movie in the history of film, that the other two people would be forced to watch, Brandon, uh, you're gonna reveal that at the end of the episode, right?
1: Oh yeah, I got it ready.
0: So I mean, like Derek said, you guys had like a back and forth pretty much the whole summer. I didn't stand a chance the whole time. <laughs> uh, what do you think were like the main things that helped you win the game?
1: Um, so the biggest thing I think pretty clearly is me putting Guardians of the Galaxy at number two and nailing that spot. And the biggest thing, reason why that happened is because my failed prediction of Spider-Man at number one. But unlike almost everybody else that put Guardians at number one, um, me giving such high hopes, false high hopes to Spider-Man, granted me all those Guardians points as that slid into second place.
0: Yeah, so you got ten points for that. And, I mean, Spider-Man was still number three overall, so it wasn't a bad guess.
1: It wasn't a bad guess, but... Um, yeah, my failure for Spider-Man gave me the win for uh, Guardians, for sure.
0: Nice. Well, Derek, what did what did you do to help you uh, get so many points? I mean, like I said, I think my
2: optimism about Wonder Woman's success really helped me a lot. I don't know. I, I just expected it to do really well. I guess I didn't expect it to do as well as it did, But but putting it so high on my list is what helped carry me through. So I put it at number three, and that brought me, like... I know when it came out, like I was just raking in so many points. Like every week, I'd look and I'd just be like skyrocketing because nobody else put it up as high as me. And uh, that was definitely my biggest, my biggest one. And Guardians of the Galaxy, I was only one spot away on that, um, at number one. But then also Spider-Man: Homecoming, I put it number four, so that was really close too. Those three were like the keys to helping me stay as high as I was.
1: Yeah, I mean, Derek, you're actually. Pretty spot on with your top seven as far as closeness goes. You got more close than I think any of us. Like your war for the planet of the apes is one off as well. Um Yeah. Yeah, I think you got more close than any of us did and that really helped you a lot.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot were close, but none of them were uh like accurate.
1: Yeah, your CARS three is one away.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I had a few that were one off too, but Yeah, I mean, I I pretty much didn't really do anything so great. I didn't get any spot on. I don't know. I just was pretty off. I mean, it's pretty fine because looking looking back on it now that the summer's over, like, looking at the top ten, it's like, of course those were the top ten highest grossing movies of the summer. Of course it's that order. That order makes so much sense. Like, in retrospect, it all makes sense. Um, so I, instead of telling you guys how I succeeded I have a few things of what I did poorly Like I had, I had Transformers at number two Like that franchise bubble has been popped I, People do not care about those movies as much as they used to I think it's like the negativity about how the quality of those movies are pretty bad Has finally caught up to it And they're kind of just the same overly stimulated action And I think that's reflected in the, in the box office so yeah. I put that number two, and that really messed with me. I also put Wonder Woman number eight, so obviously I didn't guess that that movie was going to make as much money. I, I kind of assumed that people had the comic book fatigue, and especially the DC fatigue after Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman. I just didn't think Wonder Woman was going to make as much money, and obviously I was completely wrong with that one.
1: Yeah, I think people people don't really know the difference. It's all just action heroes at this point.
0: Yeah, that's true. and also i put baywatch on my list so uh baywatch totally bombed guys so yeah, uh that's that's where i'm at
1: (laughs) like you were saying it's um so much more predictable now looking back like of course these are the way that these uh movies ordered on the list and i think we kind of like projected a lot of fun gambles into our list and i think next time i do it i'm gonna go much more by the books um, and not go out on a limb nearly as often I think that'll help it out.
0: How do you think you went out on a limb? Like, what were some of the mistakes you made?
1: Like, Spider-Man Homecoming was a big out on the limb, even though it did help me out with Guardians, but, like, I should have known better as far as Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, War for the Planet of the Apes, I, like, projected my own fandom into that, uh, into that series when it really was going to be in the lower half of the top ten no matter what. So stuff like that is what I'm talking about.
0: Derek, what about you? Were there any things that you messed up on or second-guessed yourself with? Um, I mean, the biggest thing was thinking that bad
2: movies were going to continue to succeed in the box office. Like, I definitely thought Despicable Me, Transformers, and Pirates were all just going to, you know, just do the thing that they always do, where they just, like, keep raking in unlimited amounts of money, but that just, it didn't happen. And so I think that was my, well, that and putting King Arthur at number 10 were my two biggest (laughs) mistakes. I know the man from uncle didn't succeed very well, but I feel like Guy Ritchie tends to be pretty reliable at the box office. And so I was just kind of hoping that he was going to at least get into the top 10. Like that's not a tall order, especially for like someone, uh, with his name, like his draw and like the amount of budget he can get for the movies he makes, like and he's a talented director, so like in my mind, it was like, there's no reason why he couldn't make it, but clearly he was nowhere
1: near it. Yeah, I skipped that movie. But I do think there is there is that one movie on the top ten that all of us completely missed, and that is the number ten spot, Girls Trip. Um, we talked about, when we were making our predictions, about that one female rated R or PG-13 comedy that usually always makes the top ten and um i thought that was gonna be um rough night was my pick for that spot and i know you guys both left that guess out completely of your list i think i had rough night
0: as a dark horse but yeah and uh, you had baywatch which is rated r comedy yeah that's yeah i had baywatch as my like rated r comedy that i thought would make it I, i i thought about that but i just chose the wrong movie and yeah i didn't choose the female the female part of it is something i totally just
1: didn't consider I remember researching trailers and oh god the trailer for Girls Trip was so so horribly bad and I cannot believe how great the reviews have been for that film and it's really carried it this summer.
0: Yeah, and that's that thing where like the buzz coming out of Rough Night was not good. Like people didn't like Rough Night and I know you saw it and I saw it Brandon, but yeah, I didn't like it. I know like you thought it was all right. Or you thought it was pretty good? I I don't know. What did you think about it?
1: (laughs) I I thought it was a good B. I laughed. I thought it took a couple risks. Um, I wish it had taken more, but I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, but yeah, so the buzz wasn't that great coming out of it. And then, I don't know, everyone that talks about Rough Night though, not Rough Night, everyone that talks about Girl Strip just loves it. So I bet
2: it probably benefited from Rough Night having bad reviews and stuff. Like you said, there is that audience that, especially in the summer, You know, when the kids are out and stuff, uh, parents want to go see, like, a nice, raunchy comedy. And I bet, like, when nobody saw Rough Night or they heard that it sucked, like, everyone got really excited for Girls Trip. That was, like, the next movie coming out. Even though it wasn't, like, a big, like, I don't even think I've seen the trailer for it. I don't even know what it's about. I've just seen the poster, and I feel like it hasn't been spread all over the place, you know. I've seen uh, maybe a TV spot for it, but, like, Rough Night was everywhere.
1: All I know is the trailer had a girl on a zip line, like peeing on the crowd below her because she was stuck on it for a long time. <laughs> it was youth, like literally potty humor. Yeah, and it was it really turned me off from wanting to go see it. As me
0: and Derek were over here giggling about it, so so funny, <laughs> such a good joke. Um, anyway, like, what are some other things that we want to talk about with uh with the box office?
2: I mean, I think all of us, none of us, want to go without mentioning baby driver real quick just a shout out to baby driver for coming in represent. at number 11 yeah no one i think everyone talked about wanting to put it on their list just for fun like just because we wanted to be to succeed so badly it almost made it it was like just got knocked off at one of the last weeks i think
1: yeah it was on the top 10 for uh like almost a full month and it got knocked off just at the end by girls Trip.
0: And it's a tall order for that movie to make so much money and make the to top 10. It was by far Edgar Wright's highest grossing movie. Yeah. By almost like triple.
1: Yeah. If you add up the box office for his previous four films, um, Baby Driver made more than yeah. all of them combined. It's amazing. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. It's really awesome. And I think a big one we need to recognize is uh, Dunkirk and how incredibly well that film did. Yeah, yeah. I
0: think all of us had Dunkirk pretty low on our lists.
1: Number 9 and number 10 for all three of us.
0: Yeah. yeah. Turns out people really were looking for that kind of movie. And I do think Dunkirk benefits a little bit from it being an IMAX movie. People yeah. people wanted to see that at the IMAX, which tickets are typically more expensive for.
1: I think it's been a long time since we've had that quality like war um, action film. And this film and the trailers for Dunkirk, I think, really gave people something they hadn't seen in a long time.
2: Yeah, for sure. I guess you just always bank on Christopher Nolan. He never never fails, the box office.
0: Yeah, I mean, his movies are events. Yeah. When they're coming out, people need to actually see it in the theater. In this time where everyone's streaming everything, Nolan always makes movies that you need to see on the biggest screen possible, which is a big testament to him. For sure.
2: Hey, one thing I want to say is a just kind of a theory about uh, the box office. I feel like all these movies on the top ten, well, most of them, the ones that really succeeded, are like good movies. You know, we tend to like a lot of them. And I'm just wondering, like, how much, like Despicable Me, I so thought was gonna be up there in the top three. Like every year, when a Minion movie comes out, it like just blows away the box office. But it didn't this year, and it's not like there were other movies that took its place, really, right? Like, what would be closest? Maybe Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, Maybe, like, yeah. Like, the closest kids
0: movie? I guess. Spider-Man Homecoming wasn't even really a kids movie. No, exactly. Cars 3 was oh, a kids movie. Oh, I guess Cars 3, but it didn't do that well either. Yeah, that Cars 3 made less money than just Despicable
2: Me 3. So it's like, that was a mistake of mine, but it kind of makes me feel good that I,
0: I think people are responding to quality a little bit better. Yeah. and I mean, the top three movies, they were all comic book movies but they were all good comic book movies. Yeah. Like, I mean, last year at suicide squad and that was a big bummer, but I would say one Woman, guardians of the galaxy and Spider-Man all did things for that genre that expanded the genre. And we talked about it in our last episode, but Spider-Man was basically a John Hughes high school movie. Guardians of the galaxy volume two definitely expanded the character depth and their relationships with each other in ways that most comic book movies or most action movies don't do. And wonder woman was like this like the best female-led action movie probably of all time so i don't know what that says about comic book movie fatigue but they're still they're still bringing it in and the quality is very high up in those three movies
2: yeah i think as long as they keep bringing in new and creative voices we're going to keep seeing that trend it doesn't matter what the movies like what the actual content is or you know the ip I think as long as they keep putting interesting writers and directors behind those movies, we're going to keep seeing new, unique takes on that genre.
0: Yeah, I hope so.
1: Yeah, it it really makes me just happy to see um, the people respond to quality like that and to see those three in the top three and uh, the production companies taking risks and it paying off big for them. Agreed. Yeah, agreed.
0: Annabelle 2 was the highest grossing horror movie of the summer and it made 81 million which is really good i think this is a big year for horror movies considering split and get out also made a lot of money back in the spring i
2: like to touch on this a lot but bloom house i think is kind of changing the game for a lot of people in not just making like micro budget movies that are really good and make a lot of money but even like you know Annabelle isn't like really really low budget movie you know I think it's still like in the 20 or 30 million and it still made you know 81 million dollars yeah I think like just this this idea of giving them the smaller restrained budget and seeing that a good product comes out like the other side before it makes it to the movie theaters is like it's kind of their staple and it seems like a lot of people are really latching on to that uh that approach. I and mean, it seems to be paying off really well.
1: Is Annabelle Blumhouse as well?
2: No, I think it's Warner Brothers.
1: Yeah, but they're totally borrowing that.
2: Yeah, it's the kind of the same thing. Like it, you know, has a you know, it's a big budget for a horror movie, but all things considered, it's a very small budget for or I mean it the movie, not Annabella. But um that is for as big of a blockbuster as it's been that is an incredibly small budget you know
1: absolutely and that movie came out in august and it was the top grossing film of that month yes annabelle 2 at 81 million um yeah so august this year made 657 million dollars in comparison to a good year like last year it made a billion nineteen million dollars
0: oh wow That's so a lot less
1: massive difference
2: yeah so i mean how much of that like that goes back to what i was saying like i feel like people might have been burnt a little bit by last year with a lot of big uh blockbusters that came out and a lot of people went to see them obviously because last year did really well it's one of the better years for box office but coming through this year it seems like there's better films but they're making less money. And I feel like a lot of that is direct. It's directly affected by what happened last year.
1: I mean, also this, this summer was a little front loaded. I mean, what actually came out in August that we were expecting to do all that good. Yeah. that's um, true. There was the dark tower, but no one, everyone knew that would flop. Like there was, it was a pretty actually slow month. I didn't really go to the theater, see any blockbusters at all.
0: Yeah. I think if you looked at our summer movie wager chart, most of, our top 10, came, I think almost all of them came out through July. Nothing really big was scheduled to come out in August.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: So, I mean, it's kind of more of a month scheduling crisis than um, it does reflect on people's like willing to, willingness to go to see movies. There was a missed opportunity that month because there was no competition. Yeah.
0: So maybe the studios just should work on spreading out their movies instead of trying to one-up each other. Yeah, I feel comfortable saying it's just a studio fuck up.
2: Yeah. It's their fault. <laughs> Screw those guys. They messed up and they got bad returns.
0: Anyway, so uh I mean, I think you, unless you guys have anything else to say about the summer of 2017, I think we should move on and Brandon should tell us what we're going to be forced to watch. Yes, uh, Please.
1: Okay. So, should
0: we do a should we do a drum roll? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought long and hard about this. Um and one second, let me pull it up so I have the year correct.
2: I have predictions. Well, I have a idea.
1: Oh, uh, tell us your prediction real quick.
2: Well, there's just one movie that I feel like you've been bragging about for a very long time, and there's one movie. Well, there was two movies, but one of them you already made me watch. Well, both of us, The Great Beauty. Oh, yeah, you already made us watch a movie (laughs) earlier this year, The Great Beauty. (laughs) The only other one that I know you've been... Uh, bragging about for years since it came out and you hail it as one of the greatest movies ever made is that Leviathan movie.
1: You are absolutely correct. Yes. The movie, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the movie I'm going to make you guys see came out in 2014. It is a Russian drama film called Leviathan. It was my number one film at the end of that year and I absolutely loved that movie. Um, in a completely different way than the movies that came out after like Victoria and the great beauty. I mean, this is more of like a hard to watch slow burn of a drama kind of like in the likes of Godfather, I feel like, but I'm really excited to finally have you guys be forced to watch it.
2: It's actually, it's just been really fun. Like not watching it, like just because (laughs) you want me to watch this so bad, but honestly, I'm actually pretty excited to watch it. Like, as much like praise as you've given it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm excited to see our interpretation of it.
1: Yeah, it's on um, it's on both uh, iTunes and Amazon Prime for streaming.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the other movie you made us watch earlier this year, The Great Beauty. I know I'm like joking around that you made us watch it, but <laughs> it was for some reason it was better than what I thought it was going to be. And I don't know why I was expecting it not to be. Like I just was like, Oh, Brandon's gonna make us watch this foreign Italian movie, like, I don't even know what it's about. Okay, here we go. And then it was turned out to be like this beautiful experience that uh I got a lot from. So
1: This is a beautiful experience in a completely different way. And honestly when I think back at like what would it be, this century, like in modern film since the two thousands, like there's only a couple of movies I put in this top pantheon of films and that would be like you know there will be blood um hunger um a separation and on that list like leviathan stands right alongside those in my head wow okay cool so hopefully that's not overhyping it but enjoy (laughs) guys Yeah. yeah
0: So we're going to watch that by the time we record our next, like, official episode. We might do something in October for Horror Movie Month, but me and Derek will both have seen Leviathan by the time we do our fall movie roundup in late November, early December. So um, with that, I think we should just say goodbye for now. Um, Brandon, where can people find you online?
1: Um, I am on Letterboxd under my name, Brandon Bowlby. And I'm also on Twitter at beb727. Okay,
0: Derek, what about you? I am on Letterbox at Chicken Tech and on Twitter at Chicken Tech. Cool. And I'm on Letterbox. It's not at. It's just my name, Nick Moffat. Oh, yeah, and Nick. then I'm on Twitter at Moffman23. So, anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, hope you have a great movie season. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, guys. Okay, cool. That was I think that went pretty well. I think
2: so. I actually I don't I tell what my name is. Is it Derek?